Hello and welcome to the Spring Church audio blog. I'm Matt McCoy, the pastor of Spring Church. And this coming Sunday, we're going to be writing our third of fourth, uh, four laments that we're writing through the uh, Lent season. The first one at Ash Wednesday was a lament for death. The second one, which was two weeks ago, was a lament for racial brokenness. And this third one uh, is a lament for this pandemic world. Certainly there's been no shortage of suffering with this pandemic, and uh, clearly this is something that's affected everybody in uh, all kinds of different ways. And so uh, as we approach the one-year anniversary of the quarantine and stay-at-home order and the disruption of life on a massive scale, it feels like a good time to pause and lament for this pandemic world. So here's the blog for this week. If you were God, what kind of God would you be? On a playful level, if I was God, a strawberry season would last longer, the sun would appear in the Pacific Northwest a little more often in February, and I would finally be able to fly. What sorts of joys and annoyances would you amplify or suppress? On a more serious level, if you were God, how much freedom would you allow people to have? Would people have enough freedom to harm and oppress each other? Would you allow illnesses, accidents, and tragedy? Go ahead and spend 30 seconds and think about this question. If you were God, what kind of God would you be? Now, I can't ask my uh, readers to pause for 30 seconds, but I can certainly ask my listeners to. So I will now set a timer. We will wait for 30 seconds. What kind of God would you be if you were God? Now that you've spent a bit of time with that question, let's apply your answer to a very real modern day example. If you were God, would you have prevented the pandemic from ever happening? If you were God, and you allowed the pandemic to happen, would you fix the pandemic now? Would there be enough vaccines for everyone, or would you just make the disease go away? Would you allow people to gather together again? Would you bring back hugs, and singing, and eating together, and all the ways we walk through life with the people we care about? Now that we've thought how we might run this place if we were God, let's shift our attention. Let's pause on thinking about what kind of God we would be, and let's reflect a bit on the God that we do have. Let's name three things we do know to be true about Jesus, who is running this place. One, Jesus has the power to heal all of us from the coronavirus right now. Two, Jesus had the ability to stop the coronavirus from spreading in the first place. Three, Jesus loves us more than we can possibly imagine and wants what is best for us. Theodicy is the way we describe this very hard aspect of the Christian faith. Namely, if God is all good and all powerful, then where does evil come from and why does it exist? While our lament raises this question, this audio blog cannot possibly engage fully with it. But we can remember a few important things as we wade into the waters of theodicy in this pandemic. 1. Martin Luther concluded that reason alone cannot help us enter into theodicy. We must embrace the mystery of how God is revealed through our suffering. We can know that Jesus is revealing his kingdom in the midst of what is happening today. 2. I've noticed how our suffering lays waste to our false views of God. 
Our culture is prone to creating images of God as a cosmic Santa Claus, a harmless grandfather, a cruel critic, or a deadbeat dad. We can know that Jesus is revealing his kingdom and not our skewed version of it in the midst of what is happening today. And third, while this pandemic is new to us, massive tragic events are not new to God. Throughout human history and throughout the Bible, God has used plagues, pestilence, and pandemic to bring to light what we keep in darkness and to reveal what we would rather overlook. We can know that Jesus is revealing his kingdom, even the parts we don't want to look at, in the midst of what is happening today. And so, with all this in mind, let's return to the story of Palm Sunday. As we read the story this time, let's read it through the lens of analogy. What if we read this story and we compare the Roman occupation of ancient Israel to the coronavirus pandemic? I realize how one nation oppressing another nation is totally different than a virus in all sorts of important ways. But what if we focused our analogy based on the question at the beginning of this blog? If you are God, what kind of God would you be? The ancient Israelites were powerless to stop the Roman occupation, but God could do it. Just as we ask how a loving, powerful Jesus could allow a virus to cause so much harm, I would imagine the ancient Israelites would ask how a loving, powerful God could allow them to suffer so much harm. And hey, we know from the Old Testament, or Hebrew scriptures, how they did ask that question all the time when when other nations were oppressing them. How long, O Lord? So just imagine for a moment how we would respond if Jesus, who could end the coronavirus, physically walked around in our neighborhoods. I mean, look, if Dr. Anthony Fauci showed up in Bellingham today, I think most of the town would treat him like a rock star, and I think lots of people would go totally berserk, and he's only using vaccines to bring healing. What if Jesus, who could heal it all in an instant without having to use vaccines, rode into town, and we all believed Jesus could heal all of us? So as we read this story again, Try to hold on to this analogy of Dr. Fauci coming to Bellingham as we imagine Jesus riding in Jerusalem. Here is the, the story of Palm Sunday in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. And when they approached Jerusalem, just on the outskirts of Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent out two of his disciples. And he said to them, Go into the village that is in front of you, and immediately as you enter, you will find a colt tied, one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone should ask, Why are you doing this? Reply with, The master needs it, and will return him back here right away. So they departed and discovered the colt tied to a door on the street, and they untied him. And some of the villagers standing there said, Why are you untying that colt? They told the people exactly what Jesus said, so the people let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus, spread their cloaks on it, and he mounted up. And many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others brought branches they had cut in the fields. Crowds went ahead and crowds followed, chanting, Save us now! It's our hero, the one who comes in God's name! Hooray for the coming kingdom of our father David! Save us now! Bring us heaven! The processional took him into Jerusalem, then into the temple. He looked around, taking it all in. Well... As we know, Jesus didn't end the Roman occupation on that day or any of the days following. And, as we know, 
Jesus hasn't miraculously healed us from the effects of the coronavirus. If you were God, what kind of God would you be? I would be the kind of God that would end the Roman occupation, and I would be the kind of God that would heal us from the coronavirus, and I'm not God. The coronavirus continues. I don't like this, but what I like isn't necessary for truth. And so we lament together. We lament all the things that have been lost, from lives to relationships to jobs to happiness. We lament broken marriages and broken promises and broken societies. Together we lay all this at the feet of Jesus, and as Jesus reveals his kingdom in the midst of this broken mess, we pray for his strength to be able to walk in the direction he's walking. I can grow weary of small prayers that don't risk anything, and praying a lament for this pandemic world allows us the space and the freedom to pray honestly about our disappointments and our heartbreaks over the last year. Jesus can bear our anger and sadness, and I pray for his strength for our community to be able to do so together when we lament on Sunday. Just so you know, there's two footnotes in this blog, and I wanted to share both of them with you, though I don't always share the footnotes, um, but I wanted to share them with you. Uh, one is that I was heavily influenced by Bradley Jerzak's book, A More Christ-Like God, published in 2015 by Plain Truth Ministries in Pasadena, California. And a, much of this content of this blog was influenced by that book and by Jerzak's writings. And I would recommend that book to anyone who struggles with the strangeness of a God who is all good and all powerful and yet allows evil to exist. And second, I, uh, in talking about theodicy, I wanted to give some other books if people um, had been struggling with you know, where is God and why is there evil and how can God love us and be all powerful if evil exists and where does it come from? And so I, I, I spent a little bit of time trying to come up with like my top five favorite books on uh, theodicy. And so I thought I would try to share them here. And uh, trying to pick the top five books on theodicy is kind of like trying to pick the top five rock songs you know, of all time. Like it's fun to do, but it's kind of ridiculous and all but impossible. Uh, but, I, but the ones I picked were uh, Bradley Jerzak's um, More Christ Like God, Sung Chung Ra, Prophetic Lament, Robert Farrar Capen, The Third Peacock, John Swinton, Raging with Compassion. And I will say, if you or a loved one is struggling with profound mental illness, John Swinton's book, Raging with Compassion, would be the one to start with. C.S. Lewis, A Grief Observed, and Bob Eckblad, Reading the Bible with the Damned. And uh, with that, I hope you have um, a chance to join us this Sunday. Uh, but wherever you are, I, I pray that you have the time and the space to lament and reflect on what has happened to all of us this year through this pandemic and know that I'm grateful for you and I'm uh, I'm hopeful that in those broken spaces that the Holy Spirit would, would speak to you and comfort you and continue to walk through life with you. Shalom.